Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast about running, fitness, and all things health-related. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I'll introduce a new episode that is of interest to all runners. Hi, and welcome to episode 267 of Martha Runs the World. Last week, I celebrated my 65th birthday. And when I stopped to think about it, 65, I'm 65. (laughs) When I was young, I never thought I would live this old. I really didn't. I, I just never, never thought I would. My mom passed away when she was 67. She had cancer for many years before she died, so she suffered a lot. She was in a lot of pain before she passed away. She fought off the cancer as bravely and as much as she could, but she eventually succumbed to it. This was a while back. This was a few decades ago, but I know if she had had it now, she'd probably live. I never thought I would be as old as I am now. (laughs) And mentally and emotionally, I don't think I'm 65, but my body says I'm 65 many mornings. (laughs) I wake up and say, okay, I know I'm this old. I continue on every day and push forward. Turning 65 is a big, huge, it's a momentous time for anyone turning that age. In the past, when you turned 65, that meant that you stopped working, you went to retire in the pasture, and a few years later, you would die. That's really what it meant for our parents, not my, maybe not my parents, but our grandparents and past generations. When you retired, you weren't meant to live for many, many years after that. You died pretty soon after you retired. So it wasn't like this second lifetime thing. But now you don't have to retire at 65. I'm not retiring. I don't have the money to retire. If I did, I would. Let me tell you, I'm going to keep working for a few years. It's not a a sentence to stop working and, and go off in the pasture and die. That's not really what it means anymore. I thought about all the years that I've been running and off and on some years. Some years I didn't run that much. It was always in my mind and I did get runs in when I could. And other years I ran a lot. And I thought about when I started running. I started running when I was 24. So off and on, I've been running 41 years. Even the years that I didn't run very much, I got runs in when I could or when when my health allowed me to, I should say. There's a couple years where I couldn't run at all because of health issues and things. But, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. Sometimes you just can't do it or for some reason or another, your family, your health, your job, whatever. Things happen in our lives. It isn't just a straight line as we live. We want it to be. We plan for it to be. But life is not a straight line, obviously. (laughs) When we're young, okay, I never made plans for my future life because I didn't think I had a future life when I was young. I really didn't. I know that sounds very morbid, but I, I really didn't think that I had one. I didn't know how to plan. When I was young, my future was planned out for me by my mother. She planned my life out for me, so I didn't really have any dreams or anything like that because my mother planned it for me. 
And of course, it is, wasn't what I wanted to do. So when I rebelled and, and then I didn't have anything to fulfill my life because she had always planned it for me. And it was like this big empty. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's in the past. It took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So if you're a late starter like I am, that's fine. Start late. Figure out what you want to do. And even if you can't do it for a career, do it as a hobby. Do it as something you love. Follow your passions. Like I said, even if you can't make money off it, do it as a hobby because it will keep you happy and sane. (laughs) All right, that's enough rambling there. But I wanted to share some lessons I learned from running for many years. Just a few little things this is a lighthearted episode, but there is some seriousness to it because, yeah, I've learned a few things and some things I've learned just recently. So, <laughs> so I'll share those with you this week. The first thing I learned is you don't have to look like a runner to run. Now, when you're a new running, you start out it's intimidating because maybe you don't look like a runner. Maybe you have never been a runner. Maybe in school, you were the last person to cross the line when everybody started running. I know I was one of the last people to cross that line. I never ran in in school. In high school, I was a swimmer. I was a pretty good swimmer when I was growing up. And in high school, I joined the women's swim team, the girls' swim team. And I, I was okay. I wasn't a terrible swimmer. I wasn't a great swimmer. I was kind of in the middle. And I liked that, but I never liked running. I didn't start running until my mid-20s. And then I realized how much I enjoyed it. So I was kind of late with that. You don't have to look like one of the elite runners or or a road runner or trail runner. You don't have to look like them to run. Just go out and do it and don't pay attention to how everybody else looks. From local races to national races, you'll see runners in all ages, from young runners to runners in their 80s and 90s. And many of them don't look like what you call runners. Many past runners have negative self-images, unfortunately. It's too bad because your looks don't have to stand up to anybody's image of what a runner is. If you run, you're a runner. That's it. That's all there is to it. And here's a secret. As you run more and more, you may, and I say may, find yourself getting more and more fit. And one day you just might wake up and look in the mirror and say to yourself, I look like a runner. And I say may and might above because it's certainly not a requirement. You don't have to get yourself in shape as you run. If if that's not what you're doing it for, that's fine. You do you. You do what you wish. That's all that's required. If you, like I said, if you run, you're a runner. You don't have to look like a runner. And people can be surprised by that, but it's true. I've been very, very surprised by people passing me, of course I'm slow, but passing me in races who I would never guess were runners, but they rocked. And that's awesome. I think that's a great thing. And they continue on and do amazing things. So you do you, even if you don't look like a runner and you run, you're a runner. Simple as that. 
Okay, the second lesson, run your own race. It's a trap. Don't fall into the trap of thinking you have to do what everyone else does. At a race, if everyone else takes off super fast, you don't have to. Don't start out too quickly. You may find out you'll be passing people up along the course if you start out at your regular pace. Start out slow and keep going because many people get caught up in the excitement of a race. Their adrenaline is pumping. They're excited. They're nervous. They're ready to go. And so they start out so fast that in just a little time, they'll be so tired out that they'll go super slow, slower than they wish, slower than they trained, and boom, you can pass them up. This has happened to me. I have I have passed up people because they started out way too fast. Once you get experience and once you start training, you'll find out what starting pace you need and you'll stick to it or you should stick to it. Just don't get caught up in the whole excitement of the beginning of the race. You've worked hard on your plan. Don't throw it away on an emotional moment because you think you should do what everyone else does. Don't let your ego or fear guide you. Trust yourself and the work you've already done. And here's another part of this. Don't let your friends talk you into a race you're not prepared to run. This is kind of hard because friends can have a huge influence on us. It's really tough, but we always want to do what our friends want. We want to have fun with our friends. Doing a distance that we're not prepared to do could do more harm than good. We could actually could be injured from it. And it might not be the fun experience that we want. If there's a race and there's different distances, do a different distance than them. If they're doing it, especially if it's a trail race and there's different distances offered and they want to do a 50K, but you're not ready, do they have a half marathon distance offered or something, you know, maybe even a, a 30K that you could do? That would be much better than doing a 50K that you're not prepared to do and you could at the very best, you'll get a DNF. At the very worst, you'll get injured. So you don't want either of those if possible. I mean, that wouldn't be fun. The third lesson I've learned is keep your running fresh and interesting. If you find you're getting bored, there are many things that you can do to stop that. One of them is try a new distance. Let's say you're a roadrunner and you've always stuck to 5 and 10Ks. Well, maybe it's the time to move up to a half marathon, or maybe it's the time to try your first marathon. And maybe if you've done a marathon or two, now is the time to maybe try a different type of race. Try trail racing. One of the best things to do is to, to keep things fresh is to try a different type of race. If you've only done trail races, maybe it's the time to try your first road race. You'll be amazed at how different and exciting everything can be when you try something brand new. You get the picture. Try something new. If you only run alone, try running with your friends. If you only run with friends, try running alone. Try running without music. I know it's weird. Gasp. Heaven forbid you have to listen to your breathing or your footfalls. Oh, goodness gracious, what am I asking? Or, gasp again, try running without your watch. 
Just do it surely for the joy of running. And maybe if you're bored of races, don't race at all. Don't sign up for a race for six months and just go out and run for the sheer joy of running. Maybe you just need a break from competition. Maybe that is the problem. And if all you ever do is run, then do some strength training or weightlifting. Try weightlifting. I found when I switched up and did some weightlifting in between, I found that running was even more fun because I was stronger. This was back before all my surgeries. I loved it, and I can't wait to get back into it. I really can't. As soon as my shoulder is all nice and healed, I'm going to get back into it. I really am because I loved lifting, and I loved lifting heavy. I really did. Or if that doesn't appeal to you, you could try it totally new sport like swimming or cycling, doing something completely different. You want to do something completely different? Train for a triathlon. That's not something I want to do, but if that appeals to you, that's amazing. Go for it. It's all up to you. If all else fails, if there's nothing wrong with taking time off running, if you're completely exhausted, uninspired, or bored with running, and you just don't feel like doing it anymore, then maybe a break is needed. Take a month off and see how that feels, and then go back into it and go slowly. Don't sign up for a a race for a while and go into it slowly and see how you feel and evaluate and see if this is what you want to do. If you don't want to run anymore, then take some time off. Maybe you'll get back into it in a few months. It's all how you feel, what you want to do. Running is supposed to be fun. And if it's not fun anymore, then I don't know. I, I would, if running wasn't fun for me, I'd do something else. Next lesson is rest days are as important as running days. Some runners do running streaks. Some runners keep their running streaks going for decades. They will do at least one mile every day for years and years and years. But see, I can't do that. I need my rest days. My rest days are invaluable to me. I need to have that time to chill, to rest, to take care of my body. I cannot do running streaks. And take rest days. They are super important. If you find yourself being burnt out, it might not be because you're bored with running. It might be because you need rest. A lot of runners don't seem to understand that rest days are just as important as running days. Sleep is part of that rest. Sleep is super important. I will include that in the rest days because to get good amount of sleep is just as important as getting your run in. What I've been doing lately is I've really been trying to go to bed earlier and trying to get good night's sleep in and I've been monitoring my sleep. My sleep is sometimes fair, sometimes good. So I've got to watch that. But I've been seeing how interesting it is to monitor my sleep and see how I'm doing. I've never done this before, so I don't know how accurate it is, but it sure gives me a window into what's going on when I'm asleep. So we'll see how that goes. But to get back to to rest days itself, when I tried streak running, I tried that. I did it for like three weeks, and that's all I could do. I felt exhausted every day. Even one mile was too much for me every day. And now, with my work schedule, I couldn't do it. There's just no way. 
And it is in rest days when our body will not only recover, but it's when our muscles will have the chance to develop. They don't grow while they're being worked. They're too busy. And if you're always running every day, they don't grow. (laughs) So you're not giving them the chance to rest. I remember this ultra runner, this elite ultra runner was doing a 50K every day. And it was amazing how much her muscles shrunk. They really did. She looked so healthy and so strong before it started. And afterwards, she just looked just not good. It wasn't really good. So it hadn't done her body any good to do it. It was an amazing feat that she did. She she hit the record, but it hadn't done her body any good. I mean, that, that's pretty extreme to do a 50K every day. That's, that's really extreme. So it's an extreme case of over muscle fatigue. <laughs> so, but just to let you know that to run every single day can be detrimental to your body. On your rest day, you don't have to sleep all day or be completely lethargic. You can try something a little less aerobically intense. Go for a hike or walk, do some swimming, yoga, something like that. I mean, you don't have to be completely, completely still. Next lesson is garbage in, garbage out. If you don't eat well, if you eat garbage, your runs will be garbage. When I got back from vacation, okay, on vacation, you don't eat as healthy as you should, or I don't anyway. So when I got back vacation from vacation, it took me a little while to get back into the swing of eating right. Plus, on my birthday, obviously, I overindulged. I just did. <laughs> this is how it is. But back into eating healthy, and I always feel better when I eat healthy. And it, it, it helps our lives, not just our running, but it helps our lives to eat right. Sometimes when we start running, especially when we start running longer distances, it's really hard to stop ourselves from eating everything in the kitchen. At least it is to me, (laughs) for me. And it might help you to keep track of what you're eating daily, just make sure that you're eating enough or make sure that you're not eating too much. As we get older, okay, if you're young, it probably doesn't apply to you, but as we get older, even no matter how much you run, if you eat too much, you're going to gain weight. That is part of the not fair portion of getting older. I could just look at a fattening or salty food or high calorie food and gain five pounds. That's just how it is. So enjoy it while you can if you're young, because it doesn't get any easier. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. And another thing you can do with that is, is as you run, you may want to think of healthier snacks to take with you on your runs. Goo and chews are great, but there are healthier options, homemade options. And I have made lots of few different episodes on making your own uh, running food. So I'll put those episodes up in the website at MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. Be prepared for every run, even the short ones. I don't care if you're running around the block or you're running 20 miles. Take the necessities with you. I've done several episodes on what you should take with you on trail runs or long runs and the safety precautions you should take while out running. So I'll only go over things briefly here and I'll put episode numbers up on the website so you can see which ones I talked about safety precautions. 
Now, if you're only going to go for a quick run around the block, like three or five miles, then you probably don't need a whole lot. A place to put your keys and your ID. Always, always, always take your ID with you. ID bracelets are great too if you want. But you need something to identify yourself in case something happens. That's super important. So always take that. You don't, you know, if you don't want to take anything else, that's fine too. But always take that. When you're running at night, I swear San Francisco runners hate being seen. They don't want cars to see them. <laughs> they want to get hit by cars. I, I, I know they don't, but I'm being facetious here. But they, they wear black, no headlamps, never. And they run with traffic. I, Swear to God, these these runners don't know what they're doing. I'm making a sweeping generalization here, but whenever I see runners at night, they're always wearing black, never wearing headlamps, and running with traffic. Oi, oi, oi. When you're running at night, you want to be seen. You really want to be seen. Maybe they think if they look invisible, that, that they can hurt them. I don't know what the philosophy is there. I can't go with it, though. You want to be seen, so you want to wear something bright. You want to have a headlamp with you because there's lots of city streets don't have the correct street lamps, and they're very dark, so you want headlamps. You want to be seen. You want to wear bright colors. You want to wear, maybe you want to wear like one of those safety vests that have the lights on the back of them so the drivers can see you. You want to be seen. This is really important stuff here. Running trails, you don't need much if you're going a short distance. Maybe some bring some water with you, but I would still bring a few things. I would bring water. I would always have your little first aid kit with you. And I've gone over what to put in the first aid kit, so I'm not going to go over here. I'll put a link in the website, MarthaRunsRule.com, with the stuff to put in your little first aid kit. I would take that with you. I would take maybe a little jacket or something, a little windbreaker with you, and maybe some food. I don't know. It's just short trail run. You don't really need much, like I said. A longer one, you need a lot more things, and I've gone over that before. So I would go over past episode and we'll talk about longer trail runs in the future too. I'm going to do that as I get back into trail running. We'll talk more about that in the future. I haven't done that yet, but yeah, that's, that's a future episode. Definitely. It's just be prepared, be prepared for your runs. Like I said, it doesn't take a whole lot. It just means not going out there blindly and not thinking because every run you should think about it before you go out. I know it's early in the morning. You you probably don't have your brain in gear yet, but yeah, it doesn't hurt to take a few seconds to think about what you're doing before you actually do it. And my last lesson that I learned from running is take your time and enjoy the scenery. While you're out there, stop and take that picture. Look at the views. Listen to the birds and the wind in the trees. It doesn't hurt to stop and enjoy things. You're out there because you like it, right? You're out there because you enjoy it. You're not on a treadmill for this, obviously, because if you're on a treadmill, you're not enjoying any scenery. But you're out there enjoying things. So stop and enjoy it. Stop and appreciate what you're doing. Appreciation, 
of the world around us as part of the beauty and joy of running. And that is all my lessons. I'm sure I've learned a few more, but those are the most important lessons that I've learned from running. My final word. You might notice that I haven't had a guest on the show for a while. That's been intentional. I will have guests on in the future, but they have to be guests that have to do with running exclusively. For a while there, I started getting near spam level requests to be guests on the show that have nothing to do with running. It got up very overwhelming. It was ridiculous. I just said, okay, I'm not taking any guests for a while because I can't handle this. And I just stopped it. So I'm taking time off from guests just for a little while. I will have them on again. I think it's important to hear from people in running. But for right now, I'm just going to do a few months. I'm not sure how long without guests and talk about topics. And then we'll get back into it again. I just needed a break. And I hope you understand that. It just got a little bit crazy. (laughs) But yeah, that's why. So if you've wondered, why isn't she having any guests? Well, that is why. All right. That is today's show. And thank you so much for joining me. All the information can be seen at MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. If you want to email me, it's MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for run.